Welcome to the BMJ podcast. My name is Jessamy Baganon. I'm an editorial registrar and a general surgical registrar. Okay, well, I'm here with Professor Jane Blaisby and Tom Pinkney, and we're here discussing their Uncertainties article, Do Dressings Prevent Infection of Closed Primary Wounds Following Surgery? Um, I was just wondering, what, the, what was the stimulus for this article? What made you, what made you write it? So essentially, I mean, the long story is that five years ago, we put out a, um, a competition to our registrars in the southwest region, to the, the surgical registrars, and asked them to submit ideas for randomized trials. And one of the ideas for a randomized trial that we had submitted was uh, a, a trial comparing dressings with no dressings in primary surgical wounds. And the lady, the, uh, the registrar who wrote it, had written a beautiful application, and she won the prize. We shortlisted um, 11 or hers out of the 11 applications and we awarded her 300 pounds and we looked at this then and because the idea had been that they submitted a trial and then we the trials the surgical trials unit designed it into a full grant application and um we looked at it and thought oh we couldn't possibly do that involved too much methodological work too much feasibility work it's going to be really difficult to randomize people to know dressings and we thought even though she'd written it beautifully we thought oh it's just not couldn't face doing all that work at the time slightly forgot about it and then I was on call one night and got I ended up in the pediatric hospital which is very rare I only ever go there really to help them operate and it was an 11 year old girl who'd um, had a a difficult complicated upper GI problem I'm an upper GI surgeon by training so I helped this pediatric surgeon with this case and at the end of the operation which was a major laparotomy involving various bowel resections um, we closed the wound, or he closed the wound, because I'd de-scrubbed by that stage, and I was just standing watching them. And um, a mid- big midline incision, with a, also with a stoma brought out to the surface, and he closed the wound, closed the muscle, closed the skin, and that was that, cleaned it all up, and there was no dressing put on the patient. And I just stood there and went, hmm. And I thought, you know, well, why aren't you using any dressings? And he said, well, we never use dressings in children in the surgical operations they perform here in the kids' hospital. And um, at that point, I thought, I remembered this application. I thought, oh, maybe the um, trial of dressings versus no dressings is possible and acceptable to people. And that 11-year-old girl, her name was Bluebell, spelt with the B-E-L-L-E, which is why we called our study, which we subsequently applied for in response to this commission call and, were, and won the grant funding, was called the Bluebell Study because that was where the story all started, really. Right, well, what a nice way for things to start. Um, <laughs> yes. And, and what is the level of uncertainty at the moment? Well, there's a Cochrane review that informed the commissioned um, bid, a Cochrane review performed in 2012 that was updated in 2014 that looked at the randomized evidence for different types of dressings, whether they're simple dressings or more uh, complex advanced dressings compared with the no dressings in all the different um, areas of surgery, uh, looking at the the influence of the different dressing types on wound infection, on surgical site infection. And I think there are only 16 trials included in that review. And the bottom line is that there's no hard evidence or strong evidence to favor a dressing or an expensive dressing or no dressing at all. There's just no clear evidence that any of them reduces surgical site infection. So the conclusions of that review, apart from saying that more and better trials are needed, is that at the moment decisions should be made on practical experience and on cost of dressings or just on local practice, um, whatever's acceptable to local hospitals. And practical things around wounds such as exudate management and whether or not patients want dressings um, 
can be taken into account rather than just the worry about SSI and surgical site infection. And so you were mentioning some of the practical kind of things that clinicians should consider when they're when they're choosing a type of wound dressing and and that's just sort of common sense almost is is what you're saying sort of start small and go up I mean partly that night when I met the pediatric surgeon and I looked completely horrified at the thought of this child not having a dressing on her large wound with a stoma and I said um you know why on earth don't you put dressings on And, and he said well for children they're they're actually scared of what might be underneath the dressing and also they don't like having the dressings removed because they're painful to be removed Now, that's true for some people, but the reverse might be true to other people who say they're scared of seeing their open wound and they they really would rather it was covered up. So there are issues like that which just can be used at the moment to make choices about dressings. And and what what are the implications of of not knowing, I mean, to the NHS and and to the clinician and... Um, the implications are that it's the usual surgical thing that people can do what they what they're used to doing, what they like doing, what they believe in works, and that it's it's local practice based on anecdote and eminence rather than evidence. And and that's and the implications may be that we the NHS wastes lots of money on dressings. It may be that um, infections are higher or lower than they should be. We just don't know without the evidence base. Uh, so surgical site infection in itself is a largely preventable complication uh, that's generally underappreciated by surgeons, um, often by research funders, um, but not by patients. Uh, patients, the only part of the wound they see, or the only part of the operation, and the only part they judge the surgeon on is the wound. And if they have a wound infection, they always remember it. Um, they cost a lot of money for uh, the NHS in terms of delayed discharge, reoperation rate. If a wound on the abdomen gets infected, the chance of um, having to reintervene either early uh, to open the wound up or late for an incisional hernia is much higher than other types of wound infection. Uh, so it's, it's a big deal. And one of the problems in researching wound infections, especially in the abdomen, is that traditionally accepted figures uh, rely on passive reporting and uh, an accurate coding, which we know is, is, is not good enough. We have our, uh, lots of evidence now that uh, if you look after discharge at wounds, and we know 60 to 70% of wound infections present after discharge, and if you don't properly assess patients, ideally in person, and look at the wounds at about 30 days, your estimated rates are vastly uh, under what they actually are in reality because GPs and primary care is so good at managing wound infections nowadays they've become so uh, de rigueur that almost uh, it's, an, it's an unseen problem for hospitals. It's probably just worth saying that a simple dressing that most people, we did a survey as part of the Bluebell feasibility work in the southwest and in Birmingham we looked at 20 hospitals, 700 patients, 1700 wounds over a fortnight prospectively trainees did it and um, we found that most people use the wound dressing that they're handed by the nurse. Not a lot of thought goes on. You just sort of finish the operation, put your hand out, and the dressing's passed, and you put it on the wound. And those simple dressings that most people use most of the time cost about 12p each. And because the hospital bulk orders them from a manufacturer, for have they have um, sort of agreements for so many years and thousands of dressings. But other types of dressings, uh, these more advanced ones or complex ones, they're called maybe the antibiotic infiltrated or they've got silver in them or glue as a dressing. They all cost in the region of five to 20 pounds each. So when you scale that up of the number, there are 10 million operations in the NHS each year, for example, there's huge costs to the actual dressing. And um, what when you compare no dressing with a simple dressing, it's not much of a cost 
question really but as soon as you start comparing dressings with simple versus expensive ones or no dressing versus expensive ones then there's huge um, potential cost savings but the, the, the counter argument is that an abdominal surgical site infection costs somewhere between well one and five thousand pounds the best evidence it says about three and a half to four thousand pounds per patient per wound infection so even if uh, your intervention costs £200 and it only prevents a small proportion, it might still be cost-effective. But testing that and proving that is a difficult part. Yeah. And and why is it that there are so few sort of good trials out there or, or what makes researching this area particularly difficult? Well, one of the issues is that to actually demonstrate differences in rates of SSI infection, you do need large trials because... Uh, even to drop at the rate of surgical site infection by 1% or 2% is going to need large numbers of uh, patients. And those sort of large-scale trials are just not commonly performed in surgical practice. Historically, uh, trials were very rare, difficult to undertake because of challenges around blinding, challenges around randomization, but also challenges because surgeons aren't used to working together, collaborating on research. All that's really changed over the last five years, and there's big initiatives now in the UK to change the culture and the methodological issues around surgical research, and there are a lot of large-scale trials going on. And that's what we hope to do with the Bluebell study once we've worked out, piloted the the basics, we hope to run a major trial to answer the question of dressings or which type of dressings are really optimal for patients. Yes, and the extraordinary thing um, about the evidence is that there is so little when you come to look into it. And as we have, and there's just received wisdom that these dressings are required. And it's, uh, it's extraordinary when you start to question that and look into why that is. No one seems to know why we use these dressings and even when they should be removed or changed. Uh, but it's so set in surgical dogma that uh, to try and change it has been one of the most interesting parts of the project so far. Um, the, uh, the, the suggestion that dressings may actually be part of the problem of, of SSI after uh, abdominal operations is an interesting one because we, there are some trials looking at what we do in theatre, what skin prep we use to prepare the skin, uh, what, what expensive interventions we use during the operation. But then everyone seems to forget about the post-operative phase and there's been very little work in the area and it might be that no, no matter what we do in theatre, it all it all hinges on what happens after the operation. So this is a hugely under-investigated uh, area. In our pilot um, phase, now we're in the randomised pilot phase of the Bluebell study, which um, Bristol and Birmingham are running, Tom's team and our team. And I think about 30 patients have been randomised so far. And what we're finding, I mean, it's early days, but... Uh, patients generally are accepting of the fact they may not have a dressing. And if they have confidence in the clinical teams, and that's what everyone's saying is is absolutely safe to be part of that sort of study, then they manage very well. And um, it's, it's really not an issue. And one of the issues that the surgeons find, because it's not just the patients, is will the surgeons be prepared for their patients to be randomized to no dressing? Uh, the whole discussion on, from the surgeon's point of view is if we know the patient's not going to have a dressing, does it mean we close the wound more carefully? And and it and our, our kind of uh, we're trying to measure those things because it brings in performance bias into a trial, but we are exploring all that. But our kind of intuitive feeling is that if you do know the wound's not going to have a dressing on, of course it makes a difference to how well you close the wound and you make sure you make a really nice job of it. So there's less gaping, so you have nicely aligned, tension-free wound edges so that there's no exudate. And maybe the whole thing's just about having good skin closure. <laughs> That's another discussion. To some extent.
You've been listening to Jane Blaisby and Tom Pinkney discuss their article, Do Dressings Prevent Infection in Closed Primary Wounds Following Surgery, which is now available on the bmj.com website.